about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 59. I want to show you some stuff this morning. I woke up to the word water in the spirit this morning. And I believe what the Holy Ghost wants to do this morning is we've been giving you word, 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 word. I believe he wants to water that word this morning. So we'll do some watering at the end of this, praise God. So if you don't want don't want water, get out now while you can. Out of here right now, praise God. Because once we start, you never know when or what's going to happen. Hallelujah. All right, Isaiah chapter 59. Let's start in verse 21. It says, As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Here God's making a New Testament covenant with the people. Basically, what is it? It's the Word of God in you and the Spirit upon you. Say the Word in me. The Word in me. Spirit upon me. Spirit All right, look at chapter 60. Look at verse 1. Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about, and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee, thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear, and the enlarged because of the abundance of the seas shall be converted under the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. Hallelujah. All right, let's take a look at this for a minute. First of all, in chapter 60, verse 1 and 2, he gives you two pictures of things going on. It says, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is arisen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen where? All right, he's giving you two pictures here. One of them is darkness. Say darkness. darkness. First of all, he says there's going to be a time when darkness is upon the earth and gross darkness upon the people. Now, if you take a look right now, there's pretty good darkness out there. And I would say it's moving into the gross mentality. Yeah. Basically, with the people in the world today, I mean, we've, we've got all kind of stuff going on here in the earth. We've got problems. We've got issues. We've got this. We've got overseas what's going on. We've got what's going on here. We've got the pandemic. We've got this. We've got that. But notice the darkness basically represents corruption. How many know there's corruption now? The pandemic, riots, all these things. But notice what it says, but. Say but. But. It says, the glory shall rise upon you and shall be seen upon you. Yes. Say, the glory, the glory shall arise, shall arise upon, me upon me and be seen, and be seen upon, me. upon me. Now listen, you have got to decide if you're going to be a before the but believer That's right. or an after the but believer. If you're going to be a before the but believer, you're going to be looking at darkness, corruption, this, that, that, this. But 
If you're going to be beyond the but believer, you're looking for a time in the very near future where the glory of the Lord is going to rise upon me and it's going to be seen upon me. And notice, when does this take place? When there's darkness and gross darkness. Now, I hate to admit this, but when I hear it getting darker, it excites me. Right? I mean, if this is going to happen in my life, I've been waiting for this for years. If the glory of God's going to rise up on me, the power of God's going to rise up on me at a new level, and people are going to see it only when gross darkness comes. Come on, gross darkness, praise God. But you can get stuck in gross darkness and be depressed and be down and out and look at the way it's gone. Or you can see what the gross darkness is leading to. Which is the glory of the Lord rising up upon me. So we have to make a decision in our own lives. And notice what it says. It says, what's the result of that? There's going to be a lot of salvations coming. Come on, our sons and daughters, our kids are coming back to God. Praise God. And the last one says there's going to be a bunch of wealth. I'm not saying a little bit of wealth. I'm saying a bunch of wealth is going to come back into the church. Praise God. So this morning, number one, you've got to make up your mind. Which but you're going to live after, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Acts chapter 2. All right, are you there? Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words that Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. When God has raised has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that it should be holden of him. For David speak concerning him, I foresaw the law always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption." Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, and thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seen this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which we now see and hear. Say, see and hear. For David is not ascended unto the heavens, but he saith to himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thy foes or enemies thy what? Okay, he's just preaching here. Peter's going along. How many know what day this is? It's Pentecost Day, isn't it? 
It's the day the Holy Ghost was released basically into the church. So at this time, basically, he's preaching that Jesus died, Jesus suffered, Jesus was buried, Jesus was raised, and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And he said, because of that, what was the, what was the whole thing done for? So that basically the Father who promised the Holy Ghost, he could shed the Holy Ghost out on people, and that's what they were seeing, and that's what they were hearing. Are you following me? So everything Jesus did was for what? For the Holy Ghost coming. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost basically was the key for him coming, suffering and dying and doing everything so you could have who? The Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. Say it again. The Holy Ghost. Praise God. Now notice, what's exciting about this is this is the first church service ever with the Holy Ghost. They were in the upper room. There was no Holy Ghost there for a while. But now the Holy Ghost shows up. So we're in the very first church service ever with the Holy Ghost involved in what's going on. How many of you agree with me? All right, go back to verse 1, chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a Russian mighty wind. Do you think they heard that? And filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with, uh, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them. All right, praise God. So this is the first church service. How many know everybody just wasn't sitting there waiting for 12 o'clock? Because it's time to eat. People came basically, and it's not that they expected this because they had no idea what was coming. They just knew the Holy Ghost was coming. But all at once when he shows up, they start seeing things they never saw before, hearing things they never saw before. Now look at verse 15. This is interesting. Peter says, for these are not drunken as you suppose. That tells me that there were people there who supposed these people were drunk. Now in order to suppose they're drunk, there had to be a reason that they supposed they were drunk. Now, with my great experience from drinking, I can tell you there's signs from being drunk. There's a slur speech sometimes. When you're, sometimes you fall down and you can't get back up when you're, and you're drunk. Sometimes, sometimes you act a little drunk. Sometimes you laugh and giggle at everything. Somebody walks in and says hi. You go, <laughs> So notice, apparently, what was going on was something on that order, or they never would have said, these are not drunk as you Suppose, are you following me? I'm just telling you and trying to relate to you in a nice way what may be coming in the future. And it may be coming into just a little old church service like this one. And when it does, you're going to have to make a determination whether these people are crazy. Come on. But I'm showing you this morning, it's biblical. Do you see that this morning? It's biblical to be in a drunk state when you get filled by the Holy Ghost, praise God. Last week, I got a buzz on, praise God. Changed my whole sermon. I was buzzed. I was preaching, whatever. And be honest with you, I don't care if you liked it or not. I didn't like it when I was drunk on wine. I don't care if I'm drunk on the Holy Ghost and you don't like it, praise God. Because I'll tell you what, it's an awesome feeling to be filled with the power of God and not care about what's going on in the natural realm or not care about what's happening. So this is the very first church service. Now look at verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation. So these people apparently love God. These people were after God. But notice nobody was accusing them. Nobody was assuming that they were drunk. So apparently they were not having any kind of issue with the Holy Ghost at that time. But they were not happy about those who were. I'm giving you a dividing line this morning. See? 
you're either someday, some way when the Holy Ghost comes knocking. See, we make way, we make room. Oh my God, now you showed up and I don't like what you do. Come on. We're thinking I might get a goosebump. Well, tell, I'll tell you what, when the Holy Ghost, you make enough room for him, you're going more than a goosebump, praise God. Maybe elephant bumps, praise God, before it's over with for you. Because the Holy Ghost, I don't know if any of you know it, but he's God. He's God. He's God. Big G. Say big G. Big G-O-D. So when he infiltrates your soul and your flesh body, I'm guaranteeing you something is going to happen. Come on. In that. And the worst thing you can do is judge others. That's a good time to take the vocabulary of silence. And just not judge one way or the other. See? I'm just going to be quiet and wait and see what happens. See what happens in my life. So notice there was something going on, and this is the very first church service, but, you know, there's not a whole lot of churches that have any joy. Their only joy is when the service is over. Come on. But there should be joy in your heart. Who mentioned it this morning? Luann said something about joy this morning, praise God. Notice there's joy. So now I want you to look at one more thing here. Go all the way down to the bottom. Go to verse 34. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou upon my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. How many know this is talking about Jesus? So what's he saying here? He says, Jesus has been seated at the right hand of the Father. How many of you know that? But how many know Jesus is coming back for us sooner or later? How many of you know that? But notice, Jesus is not even getting up. Not getting up at all until his enemies are made his footstool. Okay, go to 1 John chapter 3. First John chapter 3, look at verse 8. Yeah, verse 8. You got a verse 8? Is there a verse 8 to that chapter? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> look at verse 8. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. But for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of who? Destroy the works of the devil. Say destroy the works of the devil. Now, when did Jesus actually step into his sonship? He always was a son of God. You all know that. But there's a time he stepped into his sonship and manifested that sonship. That was at the River Jordan. How many know? He was baptized and the Holy Ghost came upon him. Up in that time, he lived 30 years. How many know he didn't cast out one devil? How many know he didn't heal one person? How many know he did nothing? But then the Holy Ghost showed up, came into his life and changed everything for him. And all once he goes around casting out devils, healing the sick, preaching the word and the power of God because the Holy Ghost was all over him. So notice, sons of God, the reason why they're being manifested in this day and hour 
is going to be to destroy the works of the... Now, how many of you know that you are sons and daughters of God? But how many know maybe you haven't stepped into your sonship role yet, even though you are? Are you following me? You can be there, but you're just not operating in that, praise God, in the sonship there. In Romans, it says all creation. My roses at home and my bushes at home are all waiting. They're all hoping and praying for the manifestation of the sons of God in the earth realm because they know we are going to restore everything back. We are going to take care of the devil once and for all. That's going to be it. And when we take care of the devil once and for all, Jesus is going to get up. Not until. Jesus is going to get up, but not until. His enemies are made his. All right, go to Romans 16. Romans chapter 16. Romans 16, do you there? Look at verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan. Hallelujah. How many of you are excited about that? The God of peace. Peace is going to bruise Satan. Say, the God of peace is going to bruise Satan. So the church is saying, go, do it, God. Do it. Bruise Satan. Do it. Do it. Do it. But now read the whole verse. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you. Praise God. So notice, it's not God's responsibility to put Satan under the feet. It is the church's responsibility to put Satan under his feet. And God promises he's going to do that to a group of believers who want to step into sonship and step into what God wants for this day and hour. And notice when he's going to do it, shortly. Now, how many know this was written a long time ago? If it's not more shortly than it was shortly then, we're in trouble. And when's all this going to take place? Well, when gross darkness and darkness starts to cover the earth, the glory of the Lord is going to be seen upon us. Here's another thing that's been taught in the church. It's, it's just not right. Christians have thought that when Jesus comes back, he's coming back to rescue us. Oh, it's so tough down here from the devil. Jesus is coming back to rescue the devil from the church. I believe the devil's praying for it. You see, he's got a glorious church coming out. He's got people, you can see the glory and the power of God on, and he's putting them underneath their feet. Why would he have to rescue you? But we're taught, oh, just hold on, brother, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hang in there, you're going to make it to the end. No, this is a church, praise God, that's walking in the power of God, walking on things. They're putting the devil underneath their feet. And, and of course, we're the feet of Jesus, so if he's underneath our feet, they're underneath his feet, and he's not going to get up until the devil is put under his feet. Praise God. And then he's going to come back. Say, then he's going to come back. All right, go to Luke chapter 9. <laughs> All right, Luke chapter 9, look at verse 1. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils so they could die and go to heaven. 
Then he called Jesus' 12 disciples together and told them they could have power and authority to have the biggest church in the country and be on TV all day long. No, he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure all disease, and he sent them forth to preach the kingdom of God and to heal what? The sick. All right, go to chapter 10. Look at verse 17. And the 70 returned again with, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to, to, to tread on, walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now notice, you're, you're not here to fight the devil. You're not here to struggle with the devil. You're here to walk on the devil. Every area of your life, you can walk on the devil, praise God. You have the authority, you have the power, you have the, the victory to do that, praise God. When you walk on him, how many of you know he becomes your footstool? <clears throat> Jeez, that was the anointed word this morning. I never knew footstool was that powerful. Jeez, it's a good word. Glory to God. Footstool, say footstool. And when that happens, what's going to happen? Jesus is going to get up and he's going to... Come back and get us. Praise God. All right, got Luke chapter 4. All right, you find Luke chapter 4? I hope that's where we're going. Yeah, well, you're close. Just go back. We'll read this first. Luke chapter 3. Look at verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heavens opened up and the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am what? All right, now go up to chapter 4. So after this happens, the Holy Ghost is in on Jesus basically. He has his first church service. And in verse 18, he stands up and said, The Spirit of the Lord is now upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the sick, to brokenhearted be healed, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now notice, this was the first time he preached. This is the first time that he had a church service in a synagogue, basically, with the Holy Ghost. And he's trying to tell these people, we're going to undo everything that the devil has done in people's lives. That's what we're here to do by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now look at verse 28. And all they in the synagogue rejoiced, did black flips, got very excited about this new message of delivering people from the... No, and all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with... Now, how many know that's not the same as being filled with the Holy Ghost? I've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost, and I've seen people filled with wrath. They're not the same. Verse 29, And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him off headlong. Say headlong. When you move into this area that I'm talking about this morning, you are not going to be loved by everybody. As a matter of fact, I really believe with all my heart you're going to be a very big minority. And you're not only going to get it from the Gentiles or the, or the unsaved who basically you may attract some, you're going to get it from church people who've been in church for a long time. You understand? Because they've got their way and their style of doing church. They've got their way and style of doing things. You know, you can walk in and know exactly what they're doing all the time basically. And they don't want that upset. Especially pastors. It's easier for me to know what I'm going to preach all year long out of a missalette. 
because I don't have to read the Bible after Sunday until the following Sunday and just pick it up and read my reading that day for the Missalette and do it. I don't have to seek God for a message. I don't have to seek God for what he's saying to his people. I don't have to, I can just say, let's see what date it is and we're ready to go, praise God. But see, that's not the way it's going to be. We're going to have to hear the voice of God. Preach what the voice of God wants preached. We're going to have to minister the way he wants us to do. And here it says once again, the devil's going to be the one who gets beat up in this whole thing. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 31. This will be church service number two. And Jesus came down from Capernaum, a city in Galilee, told them on the Sabbath, and taught them on the Sabbath day. And they were astonished at the doctrine of his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil who cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, or shut your mouth, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him, and hurt him not. And they were all amazed, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they do what? Come out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, this was a church service. Jesus was there. I mean, oh, Jesus was teaching. Jesus was preaching. And right in the middle of his teaching and preaching, it was disrupted, not by a baby crying, not by a baby screaming, but by some guy with a loud voice who had a devil cried out in a loud voice. Cry out in a loud voice. Oh, my God. That's the wimpiest devil I've ever heard in my life. Praise God. Cry out in a loud voice. There you go. Now, here you are in church taking your notes, getting all ready, and all once, And we just went from a church of 70 to 25. Out the back door, everybody went. Come on. See, and the thing is, many times they think the person preaching brought that devil in with them. No, he'd been there the whole time. It's just somebody located him through the word of God and the power of God and made him upset and made him uncomfortable and he cried out. But that devil been walking around that synagogue maybe for years, praise God, depending on how old the man was, praise God. But when the anointing comes forth and the word of God comes forth, it irritates the devil. Sometimes it comes to a point where he's got to cry out with a loud voice, praise God. So when something like that happens, you don't have to be shocked. You don't have to say what manner of stuff is this. Are these drunk as we suppose? <laughs> this is normal. Are you following me? This is what happens. And that's why when you bring people who are new or unsaved or something in here, they will, what's in them will respond to it. You understand? Most of us in here have been long enough to have about every devil at least out of our lives, praise God, by now. I hope so. If not, I should retire. <laughs> See, because the Word of God will do that, won't it? It'll show you places of change. It'll show you stuff to do. You repent here, you do that. Everything is your life. But there's people out there basically who need more than that. They need basically the Word of God with power. And in an atmosphere like this, it's more than just my anointing. It's called a corporate yeah. yes. <clears throat> anointing. So when you're praising and worshiping, you're feeling the presence when you're, when you're there and, and you wake up Monday morning and you wish you were with everybody, but you're not, you've got to learn to nurture that yourself because you've got a river on the inside of you. That's why we are saying you need to stir up the river on the inside of you every day because you don't know what you're going to run into that day. Praise God. Hallelujah. So once again, they're looking at him and say, what kind of church services? What's the matter with this guy? What is it? We need to vote him out right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to get the elders together and we're going to take a vote and we're casting this Jesus character out because he's making people scream right during the service. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Acts chapter 8. 
All right, Acts chapter 8, look at verse 5. It says, Then Marie Chavez and Kelly went down to the day of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he performed. For unclean spirits crying with a came out of many that were possessed with devils and many taken with palsy that were lame and they were healed. Now notice we're not in the church here. We're out there here. Not in here, we're out there here. And what's happening? People are just preaching the word to people as they have the word and need the word. And when that happens, sometimes they cry out with a loud voice. So what happens? They get delivered, praise God. It's not a churchy thing. It's a kingdom thing. And the kingdom is outside the churchy and inside the churchy. The kingdom of God is everywhere, praise God, wherever you go. But it's the word of God once again. It's the word and spirit that go together. It's the word that riled this demon up on the inside of them and then basically cried with a loud voice. You don't have to then meditate for 20 minutes determining whether they have a devil or not. When they scream at you with a loud voice, you pretty well know that's it. So you cast them out. Now look what the result of that was. Look at verse 8. And there was what? There was what? Now, I don't know a whole lot about joy, but little joy would probably be... No medium joy would be... But great joy is probably... That's a good one, praise God. Notice there was great joy in the entire city. Why? Because... The putting under of the devil, the taking advantage of what Jesus did for you, the power of God that's in your life, the anointing of God, the purpose that you have to do basically brings joy to you. Yes. Hallelujah. Sometimes you see Marie up here just laughing on the floor. Why? She's happy. Yeah. You might want to write that down. She's happy. Why? She's been casting out devils all week. She can't help it. There's great joy in Pakistan. There's great joy wherever she's doing it, praise God. It brings joy and deliverance, hallelujah. So it brings joy. We, we see churches, somebody can't even smile. I run into Christians. It takes me 20 minutes talking to them, and I still don't know if they're a Christian or not, even though they told me they were. So there should be joy on the inside of us. We have a purpose. We have a plan. We have a do it. And the more we put the devil underneath our feet, the quicker he's going to stay seated until... We make his enemies our footstool, praise God. And this glory is not really going to rise upon us until gross fills the earth. So whenever you're hearing these bad news and say, oh, another bad thing's happening, praise God, we're another step closer. Glory to God, here we go again. Glory to Jesus is getting darker and darker. Those people are crazy. Good, praise God. I got an opportunity to do something here, hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Acts chapter 10. Okay, look at verse 38. This is Peter preaching. It says, how God, he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are all witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem from they slew and hanged him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him 
give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believes on him shall receive remission of sins. And while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which did what? Now here's Peter, he's preaching, he's probably worked on that sermon for quite a while and he had all notes in front of him and everything was cool and he was going along, he was preaching his sermon just perfect, he was on point five and he had three more points to go and all at once, praise God, the Holy Ghost falls on people. Now the nerve of the Holy Ghost. When I've got three more points to go, there's no reason why he's got to cut into my service and start touching people in their seats simply because the word of God's been preaching, praise God. You're sitting in the middle of some place at church and somebody's laughing uncontrollably over there while we're preaching the word. What, what is the matter with those people? My God, who are they and where did they come from? Oh, what a distraction. Jeez, it's ridiculous. See, if it don't distract you, don't, don't distract me, don't worry about it. Praise God. I've been in services where nobody was standing up by the end of the service. Praise God. And you know what I did? I kept right on preaching. Praise God. I had to get the word in there. I had to fill it out. Why? Because the Holy Ghost accompanies the Word with signs, wonders, and miracles and things that you can see. So when the Word's going forth, if you come in a position to receive that Word, say receive that Word. See, the Word's received differently by different people. Some people basically sit through the whole service and can't remember what was said. Other people know everything that was said, praise God. They were hungry for it. It stirred them up on the inside. They left excited. They left on fire. They left. That's the way you need to be if you expect the Spirit of God to move upon you in your life because he always accompanies the Word with signs, wonders, and miracles. So when you come to Sunday church, it's not just to come to Sunday church because it's Sunday. It's to come because God has something for you. Basically, I came for him, praise God, to do whatever he wants to do in my life. And don't lift your hand and say, Holy Ghost, have your way in me, unless you mean it. Okay. I've seen people in the anointing saying, don't have your way within me, and he did anyway. They had people with their arms folded during the whole sermon. And all at once, one on the right starts laughing. And then they really go. And one on the left starts laughing. And then pretty soon you keep watching, they go. Because the Holy Ghost will do whatever you're expecting Him to do. I'll tell you right now, praise God. When we were at that Catholic prayer meeting for years, I mean, we were there and we were preaching and I kept preaching the Word and preaching the Word and they were hungry for the Word because how I many know they hadn't heard the Word very much? And they were getting the Word, getting the Word, and I knew sooner or later it was going to happen. I didn't know when, but I knew something was going to happen, praise God. And all at once it just broke out, hallelujah. People started laughing uncontrollably, just started bellowing out a laugh that I've never heard before. And Vinny was the instigator of that entire thing, praise God. He was sitting right on the front row, on the right-hand side. And once he started laughing uncontrollably. And before every service were there, Holy Spirit, have your way, come into this place. And he, ah, and they're going, whoa, who's that? And I'll tell you what, if they're really scared, they'll accredit it to the devil. Because you know the devil's going around making people joyful. You've read that, right? 
If you're down and out, just go to the devil. He'll make you happy. My God. Why is that? Up until that time, the church only accepted crying. Come on now. Oh, God loves them. He's all over them because they're weeping. Laughing, that's the devil. You've got to be kidding me. See, because our minds are so messed up. But when you read the book and great joy breaks out in the city, that's not great weeping. That's great joy, praise God, on the inside. When people are drunk on Pentecost Day, when the Holy Ghost shows up and they're giggling around and laughing around, it's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's evident that the Holy Ghost has something to do with joy in your life. How many of you have tried joy? How many of you tried down days? Which do you like better? I was hoping nobody said down days because I don't know what I'd have done if you'd have said that. We'd have probably had to bring you up front, praise God. But notice, while he was teaching, the Holy Ghost falls on people. Here basically it's outside the church. All these things are possible on a daily basis. Go to John chapter 7. How many of you believe in giving and receiving? Yes. All right. Well, I gave Angelo 20 minutes today, so I get an extra 40. I'm very, I'm very biblical. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes, praise God. All right. John chapter 7, are you there? Look at verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. How many know now that this time the Holy Ghost has been given? And he lives on the inside of you. Notice, this power does not come out of heaven. It does not come from the local revival in the nearby church. It comes from the very inside of you and is a river that will flow out of you any day, any time, any hour when you choose to be in line with God's word and release that power into the power of someone else's life and even your own life. How many know sometimes you've got to talk to yourself? You've got to go to the mirror and say, hey, listen, bub, we ain't having a down day today. You better just straighten up right now. I'm going to slap you before this is over with, praise God. You hear me, brother? You're going to just do what the God says, praise God. You're more than a conqueror, glory to God. See? Either that or call somebody who's going to slap you. Don't call somebody who's going to pet you. Don't call a petter. Call a slapper. And we got plenty of slappers in here, praise God. Hallelujah. Before you call someone, put a helmet on. Glory to God. <laughs> and we got some slappers in here. Praise God. Hallelujah. These, uh, that's why I got a lock on my office door so I can hide from slappers in here sometimes. Praise God. All right. Praise God. Go to Acts chapter 6. Go to one more. All right, Acts 6, are you there? Very last verse in that chapter, verse 15. And all that sat in the console, looking steadfast on Stephen, saw his faith 
as it had been the face of an angel. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you know that Stephen was a man of miracles, faith, and power, and all at once he's being challenged by all these devout men who don't understand the power of God, and all at once he gets ready to preach, and notice his face is changed like the face of a like an angel. So apparently there was, a, there was a change even to his outer appearance at this time from the river that was flowing out of him on the inside. Are you following me? Praise God. So there was something. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was up on the mount and his clothes got white and the glory was all around him? Well, this was Stephen. Say, this isn't Jesus. This is Stephen. So Stephen's preaching the gospel. So what is he preaching? Praise God. Look at verse 44. Same Acts seven forty-four. Yeah, we're going to jump over that six. Okay, Acts seven forty four. He said, Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion it was seen. So he's talking about the Spirit of God. He's talking about the power of God. He said, Hey, way back then they had the Spirit of God in the, the Spirit of God in a box. How many remember they had it in a box? How many of you remember you couldn't even touch the box? Because if you did, it killed people if they were not in a position to touch the box because God's power and God's glory was on the inside. Look at verse 47. What happened then? Well, Solomon came along, but Solomon built him a house, howbeit the Most High dwells not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. So he built him a temple, didn't he? So he had a church building, basically, where the Holy Ghost dwelled. That's where the Holy Ghost stayed. That's where he was. And God comes along in verse 49 and says, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord, or what place of rest? Has not my hand made all things? Now, verse 51, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. Say, resist the Holy Ghost. Now, this just doesn't only mean, I resist you, Holy Ghost, I resist you, Holy Ghost. You have got to learn to decipher the works of the devil from the works of the Holy Ghost. And it should be pretty easy. If you're following the Lord at all, you know the difference, you know. You know the difference between if you ate a good meal or a bad meal right after you ate it. Do you understand? So basically he says you do not resist the Holy Ghost or his works. So if joy breaks out with somebody, don't resist that. Don't, don't go around talking about that. If somebody shakes under the power of God, praise God. We've had people years ago who got stuck to the carpet. They couldn't move. Their feet were stuck, and they didn't know why. And the service was over, and their feet were stuck, and they were still standing there. And I went over to him. I said, how you doing? He said, my feet are stuck. And I said, well, that's so fine. Don't worry about it. He says, you know what happened? I said, no. He said, it was raining pretty hard. I think the rain came in and came down the wall, came under the carpet, and caused suction on my feet. I said, you really believe that? I mean, some people will outreason the Holy Ghost no matter what happens in their life, praise God. They'll break their arm, and God will heal it, and they'll say, well, it wasn't really broke properly to begin with, praise God. Well, no, that's that carnal mind that's there. So we don't want to be judging things. We don't want to be pointing at others. We don't want to be saying things. We just want to let the Holy Ghost be the... Holy Ghost. Praise God. How many know he knows what he's doing? If you need joy, you'll get it. Praise God. If you need a touch from God, you'll get it. If, as long as you make room for him and give him the opportunity. All right. He stiff-necked him. And now we'll go back to verse... Let's get on to verse 55. But Stephen being full of who looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, so here comes Stephen. He's preaching what? you got the power of God in you. There's a river on the inside of you. We're putting the devil underneath our feet. God doesn't live in a box someplace. He don't live in a building. He lives in human beings now, praise God, with all the power and all the glory going on. And notice what it says here. He saw Jesus doing what? Doing what? 
Now, Jesus was not going to stand up until the devil was made his. So could this be the message the church needs? Apparently, Jesus was excited. He stood up. You know, some people stand up in church and say, go, pastor, go, go, go. Well, Jesus stand up saying, woohoo, go, Stephen, go. Praise God. Preach it, brother. Preach it, brother. I'm preach it, brother. Preach it, brother. Hallelujah. Preach it. Preach it. It's coming. That's what I need to hear. I'm ready to go. I'm standing up. Praise God. So look at the results. Look at verse 57. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him in one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And Jesus sat right back down because the message at that time died with Stephen, praise God. Hallelujah. Here's this guy. I mean, he's, he looks like an angel. What's the matter with these people? Looks like an angel. His face like an angel. He's preaching the power of God. He's preaching the anointing of God. And all they want to do is have a rock concert. <laughs> Took him out and rocked him, praise God. Well, I don't know why I always get in trouble. I'm serving the Lord the best I could. That's probably why you're getting in some trouble. He was just preaching the word of God. But notice, Jesus was getting excited about that, about the river that's on the inside of you, about the ability that you have to use that river on the inside of you, the ability to have to put the devil once and for all underneath your feet. And there's a group of church people who are going to rise up into a new realm of power and a new realm of glory. They're going to understand. They're going to believe what they've got on the inside of them. They're going to be full of the word of God, and it's going to be watered with the spirit of God, and it's going to cause the power of God to flow into this earth like nobody has ever seen before. And I'll tell you what, it will... It won't be, it'll be undeniable. They won't be able to say it's not God because it's going to be God. Do you understand? It's not just going to be the healing of a uh, cold. It's not just going to be minor things. It's going to be major things that people are going to see and hear for the power of God. Will there be resistance? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. But as things get darker, don't get depressed. Get excited. Don't get down and out. Get up and over. Praise God. Why is it? Which side of the butt are you going to live on this morning? You need to make up your mind which side of the butt you're going to be on, praise God. Because each and every one of you have the river on the inside of you to give you victory in every single area of your life, praise God, hallelujah.